March is Problem Gambling Awareness Month, and today on the Unabated Podcast, Captain Jack and I sit down to break down how the industry is tackling gambling addiction, how you can get help if you need it, and so much more. This is a very special episode of the pod that is near and dear to our hearts, so we hope you enjoy it. With that, let's get started. It's the guy goes unabated. That's the new word, unabated. That's that's too big a word. That's like mayonnaise. I'm assuming that's a bigger Hello, everyone, and welcome on into another episode of the Unabated Podcast. It's a little bit different today. Not the crowded Brady Bunch four box look we normally have with multiple guests. Jack, it is just you and me on today's show, and we are going to be tackling a very serious topic here, and that is problem gambling. Now, don't turn off the podcast just yet. Don't. This is not going to be your typical run-of-the-mill preachy this is what you need to watch out for kind of episode this is going to be us sitting down talking about at least what we think solutions might be what you can do in your own life if you feel that you have a problem and also just some conversation about the nuances and getting a little deeper on this subject here as we come to the end of problem gambling awareness month jack i am thrilled to be here with you i think that this is truly going to be a unique and hopefully to everyone who listens very interesting show. I'm really excited to dig in. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. Look, you mentioned the word nuance, and I think that's the key to discussing problem gambling is it's very nuanced. Sports betting is not throwing dice down the end of the table, is not playing lottery scratchers, is not frantically tapping a slot machine to you know get a, a, a near miss on a big jackpot, things like that. Sports betting is very different, right? We have we have a market, we have a living, breathing market, and we have a skill-based component to it. And when you kind of factor those things in, all of those little triggers of gambling, uh, I'm going to use the word addiction, I don't like to use the word gambling addiction, but all of that that trigger that, that gets to people doesn't quite exist with gambling, with sports betting content. And I think it's a little bit of a different conversation to have. So that's what we'll kind of work through here in the next 30 minutes or so. Exactly. You completely nailed it, Uh, especially the skill-based component here. I feel that that's something that a lot of people don't take into as much factor because the reality is at the end of the day with any of these casino games, yes, there's dice sliding and card counting, but the reality is you're playing a game where you already know walking in the odds are stacked against you and you're relying on some semblance of luck. But sports betting can trick you. You can feel like you know more than anybody else out there, and so of course you're going to be right. And that's something that you're not quite as susceptible to when it comes to a deck of cards or a slot machine. And I think that's something that makes it really different. And also, there's the factor of content creation. Yes, there does exist casino game content creation. There's some fantastic people doing fantastic work in the field. But it's certainly not the same business as sports media and sports betting media has become. And for a lot of content creators, that involves getting people to gamble and that's something that we're going to talk about a little bit too what our responsibility is both as content creators and here with what we do it unabated it's there's so much to talk about let's get into it here you already touched on some of the things that make sports betting a little different but let's dive into that a little more because one of the things that's most important is the longer lag time you can bet a hundred a hundred times in a minute a slot machine if you really want to Whereas with sports betting, it plays out over such a longer period of time. And does that mean that sometimes people might not even realize how deep they're getting into it? Because I know from personal experience, 
I'll, I'll be going through unabated edges and I'll click, okay, I've got edges here, here, and here. And then boom, I go and bet them. And all of a sudden I look at my bet tracker and I'm like, Ooh, I have more action today than I thought that I wanted uh, going into the day. It can sneak up on you. Right. But at the same time, those edges play out over the next, you know, three hours or so where the average game time is. So it's not as if like there's that instant gratification. And we've seen, we've seen that with sports betting. There has been studies that show that bettors want, more instant gratification because they're used to that in other casino games. That's why first inning, first team to score 10 points, first team to make a three-point basket, those are all bets that people tend to gravitate towards because they bet it and they get the answer. And when it comes to normal sports betting of like the game total or the side, uh, you have to let the game play out. So even though you may be stacking a bunch of different bets because you have maybe edges on those bets, or maybe because you have thoughts on who's going to win the, the matchup, it still plays out over a longer time. It's not like you constantly have to feel like, you know, action, action, action. Um, and I think that's what a lot of other casino games, that's their trigger, right? Is that constant sense of stimulation. And sports betting doesn't quite have that. So I, I really feel like that's lost in the conversation. Uh, you know, look, March is Problem Gambling Awareness Month. And there was a New York Times article just a few weeks back that was really absolutely a hit piece on the industry. It talked about how sports betting advertising is out of control, how it's the unintended consequences. They roll out these guys that have lost their life savings betting sports. Um, they were doing that before the ads started showing on TV, though. They've always been predicated to uh, having a gambling addiction when it came to sports betting. And... This New York Times piece, though, it's the New York Times. It gets read by politicians and lawmakers and influential people. And all of a sudden, there started to be this groundswell of sports betting advertising. It's what's ruining our country. Uh, look, I don't love sports betting advertising any more than anybody else does. But to say that it's the advertising that's causing the problem is a little misguided. And But this is just the next wave. Like, we've seen this years ago. I was, I was telling you before, I remember when the New York Times did a hit piece on Pinnacle. Because they said Pinnacle Sports, uh, you know, that's a that's a shoddy offshore sports book, and they don't know what they're doing. And look, there's been no more, no stronger rock of Gibraltar when it comes to sports betting than Pinnacle Sports has been over the years. Um, and they they tried to shoot them down back in 2012 or whatever that was. Uh, it didn't quite work then. It's not going to work now with the advertising. This will this will blow over as well. But that being said. Some of it is still incredibly predatory, and it's not just, I mean, I, I'm still thanking God that we're done with the days where every other NFL commercial was DraftKings or FanDuel right at the beginning back then. That was a, that was a dark time. But even here in Nevada, where sports betting's just kind of always been there and you don't see the same push for market share anymore, and so you don't see the same advertising, you still absolutely see some things. Like, for example, one of my sports books, I'm pretty sure I, I can't say for certain that they do this or not, but it certainly feels like if I have a bet on the game, I'm getting a push notification about making another bet on that same game at like halftime. And I'm certainly getting that for any big games. There'll be a push notification that goes out for me before the game with like some jumps junk stat and says, oh, if you want to bet on that team, they're minus 120 right now. You might as well go get that. And then at halftime, I'm getting the same thing. And then I'm getting a notification in game with 10 minutes left in the game it, it is it does feel very predatory of 
okay, this is what we want. This is what we want to do because obviously the sports books want you to bet more, but even then you get a win. You find you, you finally get one and you open up the app. And the first thing it says is, Oh, Hey, don't you want to roll that over into this game? Okay. So you, you're touching on what is a very fundamental part of gambling of casino gambling. And that is the more bets you can get somebody to make, the more likely the law of ad large numbers adds up and they will definitely lose their money. The house edge will grind away at them. It's the reason when you walk into a sports book anywhere in Las Vegas, outside of maybe the Westgate, uh, you can't walk directly into the sports book. You have to walk through this maze of tables and slot machines to get to the sports book, which is buried deep into the casino. Um, Westgate, you have that side parking lot, which yeah. side point that that side parking lot is one of the most unsafe places to park your car in Las Vegas. But that's beside the point. That's um, good to know because I parked in there. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Uh, but the point being is they always want you to have to be tempted by other forms of gambling. Same thing of why they're sending you a push notification that maybe you want more bets on this game. It's the same reason why we're seeing in-game betting be pushed so strongly in the U.S., as well as micro betting to be the next wave that's coming. We haven't seen it quite as much yet. We're starting to get into baseball season. Baseball is the perfect sport for micro betting because there's a nice little pause after each event in a, in a baseball game. And that gives people enough time to make a bet on what the next uh, pitch, the next out, the next at bat will be. Uh, micro betting is going to be going to be a big push by a lot of operators. And that that is something that all of a sudden you go from you talk about the casinoification, the gamification of sports betting. That's it right there. You go from being able to make maybe five to ten bets on a game if you're really make making reckless in-game wagers to all of a sudden you, you could bet every pitch if you wanted to. Absolutely. Yeah. And that that's no different than hitting a hundred spins on the slot machine. Right. So I mean this this kind of leads to the question of is sports betting a gateway drug? You know, like is is this whole legalization of sports betting? And I, you know, I've said this a lot time and again on Twitter. Sports betting's this huge Trojan horse that they've given uh, to the people of Troy, and inside it is all these other forms of gambling, whether it be iCasino or other forms of gambling that they're going to get into the city and unleash on the constituents. Um, I still believe that, to be honest with you. But sports betting's a good gateway drug because it's a product that, in and of itself, is attractive people like it people want to do it and there is a skill-based component to it but it can also be reckless you can do it recklessly you can uh it's it's by default a low margin type of gamble but it can kind of hook people into thinking oh okay well uh i don't see anything on tonight's slate that i like maybe i'll just go play a few hands of blackjack in the in the i casino there or uh, maybe I'll just make a same game parlay here. Uh, just got to throw things together. It's only five bucks, only 10 bucks, things like that. It's still getting people to gamble when they normally wouldn't have thought to gamble. And with sports betting, a lot of people, they're just betting their opinions and they would have had those opinions either way. When it comes to other forms of gambling, it's a lot more just um, a thing to pass your time with. And that's what I want to get to you with here, because you mentioned you talk of unleashing this upon people. And there, let's face it, there's a negative, there's a very negative connotation there. And I know that people on the other side at any casino are going to say, well, we're we're just a service providing entertainment here. It 
it, it does get to a point where you have to ask, where does this responsibility lie? Is it that this is ent entertainment and it's quote unquote harmless? Or is it that they're taking advantage and being predatory and trying to actively create more problem gambling? Because okay, well, my, my response to that would be, I very much believe that adults should be able to do adult things. In other words, they, if you're an adult, you should be able to make adult decisions and do adult things. And if those things are um, a little bit harmful to you in moderation or whatever, that's fine. You're making that decision. There are people that, though, when they get deep into this, it becomes a compulsion. And it's almost as if they're, they're not choosing to do it. They're almost compelled to do it. And if we were able to identify what cause that trigger to flip in the human brain to when uh, recreation becomes compulsion or addiction, a lot of people would be saved. But we can't do that. We just don't know. We just don't see inside the dopamine centers of the brain, right? So it, it becomes a shared responsibility of if you know you have a problem or you're susceptible to a problem, you should take steps. And the operator, if they know based on what they're seeing, that you're showing signs of problem gambling, they should have to take steps too. Tom, I don't have the answers to this. If I had the answers, I wouldn't have found it unabated. I would have found it, what would be a, what would be a great word for a, a, a self-help group that would help solve this for everything, for, oh. for drug addiction, alcohol addiction, gambling addiction, all these addictions. Uh, trust me, I would have I would be, it's easy. living you'd call on my yacht. You'd, you'd call it abated. Oh, well, that's perfect. Yeah. Wait a minute. Like, I mean, I got to go trademark that. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that is actually a good word. Yeah, the opposite of unabated gambling is obviously abated gambling. I think that mm. I think that's the that's the market right there. Now, hey, can we can we stop this episode so I can go trademark that? No, <laughs> yeah, seriously, by the time this releases. <laughs> but uh, you also mentioned sports betting being a gateway drug. And do you think that that is something that is actually more common that's happening because we know you can draw a line between finance markets and sports betting markets and you can make the easy connection this is how people in finance get into sports betting instead does mm -hmm. it really go the opposite way and the same thing with uh with iCasino and casino gaming we know that certainly a lot of advantage players a lot of poker players one that happens to work with us plenty in in, in rx gamble move over to sports betting does it go the opposite way in the same way, at the same rate? I think it could. Uh, trust me, some of the most successful people I know started out as advantage players, uh, whether it be sports betting or other forms of advantage play, and moved into financial markets because the ceiling is way higher there. And trust me, they've made me feel pretty foolish for having stuck with this pursuit for so long because they're ridiculously wealthy as a result of you know some of the inefficiencies they've seen in other markets. Um, so I think there is there there is that crossover. But when you think about other forms of advantage play, let's take poker for instance. There are poker players who, you know, they're like human computers, right? And they're they're playing the poker game and they beat the poker game and they 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 stay solid to black and white poker. And then there's the poker players that beat poker, but they got this leak on the side, right? They, in between uh, rounds of a tournament, they got to run out and throw some dice at the craps table or, or hit a video poker machine or something like that, and then run back in and finish the tournament. Um, they have that leak on the side. And there's a lot of sports bettors that are going to be the same way. 
They're excellent sports bettors, but they got a little bit of a leak. And that leak is going to bleed them dry, unfortunately. Um, I'm not to say that that's, you know, that's their problem largely. Uh, you know, they're probably the operator's best customers because they they win the money in the sports book and they lose it right back in the iCasino. Um, but it's still a form of problem gambling and they need to recognize that. And another thing that comes with AP playing and that's redundant, but, you know, advantage playing and sports betting with an edge and something that we definitely have to consider, even if it's not a problem, you know, the old adage, it's not a problem if you're winning. And right. certainly guys like you, Rufus, you're winning, but it can still be a gambling problem, even if it's not ruining you financially, because there's another entire aspect to it that you don't quite think of. And that's time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, you can lose all your money and you can win it back. You lose all your time. You ain't getting that back, right? I know a lot of people that have been very successful in gambling and losers in life because they just, they used up their time. Like they're, you don't understand the, the opportunity cost of time. Um, there's players that are listening to this today that are saying, why did I even listen to a podcast on problem gambling? I don't have a problem. But they spend 20 hours in their chair staring at an odd screen. Might be the unabated odd screen, but it's still 20 hours a day. And that's a life choice they're making that hopefully they realize now that they're making that life choice. And it's not, they're not going to, you know, five, 10 years from now say, why did I waste all that time? trying to beat sports betting when I should have been enjoying family time or I should have been getting out there or I should have been watching my health or, oh, Tom, there's so many things that you can regret um, spending, wasting your time on. And I feel bad for anyone who wastes their time on a gambling pursuit. And and that's, that, that, that's something that comes up plenty in the unabated discord and the life EV channel. It's something that you see constantly. There is people saying, Oh, missed out on a bunch of March Madness edges today, but you know what? I was at my daughter's soccer game and the time was much more plus EV than any edge that I was going to find betting in sports today. And it's something that we, it's something that we do have to think of because even if you are a professional sports better and that's your paycheck and your livelihood, work-life balance is still a thing that you need. And just because you don't think you're working, that's your full-time job. And you have to figure out how to balance it. And I think that that's something that can get away from people because they're not working a nine to five. They're not working a desk job. They like, I'm the luckiest guy in the world to get to do what I do, but I still want some balance. I still love being able to go out and go snowboarding with my dad or go see Taylor Swift. Yeah, exactly. It was a fantastic concert, by the way, highly (laughs) recommend, but that is something time lost time. Lost time is never found. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't factor in because you think of the financial ruin and you don't think of anything else. Yes, absolutely. And that being said, we've talked a whole bunch here about the problems and about the bad and about the predatory nature. And we don't want to be holier than thou. We don't want to be preaching from on high about this, like the like, like the sidewalk sermons that nobody pays attention to. because. The reality is that it's not all bad. It's not all predatory. It's not that casinos are going, okay, how do we... I I know plenty of people who work in gaming. They're Mm -hmm. not sitting at a table going, 
how do we create more problem betters? They is as much as you want whale players, destroying somebody's life isn't a good thing there. And that's something that the sports betting industry really has to start taking into account a little more because we've seen it and we've talked about it plenty of times, the recklessness of some of the things that we're offering, like same game parlays, like things that are bleeding people dry and not really giving them a chance to get that money back, right? Yeah. So look, and that's an important point is often when we talk about problem gambling, we point the finger at the industry and says, you know, this, this is your problem to solve. Um, problem gamblers are actually good for business. Let's admit that. Okay. Sharp bettors are bad for business. Let's admit that. Well, to be completely, to be completely clear, this is for books and casinos, not for us. Yeah. Okay. So, but I mean, I would just say, yeah, but I would say like sharp betters, there is a value they add to casinos. So I, I should kind of, you know, put that in consideration too. Um, but so we, we approach this and we say, okay, well, it's the, the operator that needs to fix this. Yes. And no, like it's not the operator. It's not the regulator. It's, it's partially the, 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 the patron, they need to be able to identify that you know, they're susceptible to having a problem and taking the steps. It would be nice, though, if the operators were able to give us the tools and resources that help them identify the sharp, the same same tools and resources that help them identify sharp betting would help them identify um, problem betters. You know, because look, Jason Robbins made this comment a short time ago where he said, they're finally, they're big enough, they have enough scale, they have this algorithm they're starting to really pick off the the sharp betters. It's going to be great for business. Okay, if Jason, if you were able to create that, you should have been able to create an algorithm that picks off problem betters because problem betters follow a pattern just like uh, sharp betters do. And the problem difference betters, is the sharp betters are trying to mask their pattern. <laughs> true, true, right. Um, the art of sports betting. So there's there should be a kind of a a a pressure on the industry to say, you know, if you're all using this AI and, and machine learning, you should be able to use it to combat problem gambling. And I, I think, look, I think there's personal responsibility, there's industry responsibility. The one, the one section where I kind of feel like maybe they might be overstepping their bounds is regulatory responsibility, right? Because the, the legislators are largely talking pieces for they're lobbyists that get to them. And so we, you know, we see with this New York Times article, they're they're trying to make a lot out of sports betting advertising. Um, the recommendations they do to the industry of how you can curb this are often a little bit misguided or single-sided. And we know from the past that the consumer doesn't have a really good voice at the table. You have the anti-gambling people, you have the sports book people, you don't really have the consumers at the table in the discussion. So it's interesting to see, like, what are some of these states going to do when it comes to problem gambling? And is it the wrong thing to do? Um, you know, look, Tom, I'll give you an example of something that's happened just recently. Massachusetts, just yesterday, uh, they're not going to allow RevShare affiliate marketing. Now, what RevShare affiliate marketing is, I send you to a sports book, and then I get a cut of your losses. It doesn't take much for everyone to see that that's problematic, especially if you're an affiliate house where you're making picks or you're uh, you got this hot trend that hasn't lost in the last 18 years in the NHL. Um, 
you're still I sending traffic. I don't want that trend a, though, but they, right. But you're, you're sending traffic to a sports book, and you get a share of their losses and not a share of their wins. So therefore, hmm, it's it would make sense to steer them towards a losing a losing bet, right? I mean, that just makes sense. And, and so, that doesn't mean that everybody is doing that, but no, it it, it certainly creates it creates a conflict of interest. And right. In any field, I saw a great Twitter thread yesterday on uh, banking regulations and how they have to, how seriously they have to take anything like gifts or bribes, things like that. Like, and this guy was talking about how even a hundred fifty dollar gift card from a multi million dollar dealer brokered is a huge red flag and a no no because you don't want to create any potential airing of conflict of interest. And there's a reason that you'll never see go sign up for Caesars today using promo code unabated because we don't want to create anything like that. Right. And so even with the places where they don't get a rev share like that, it, it still can create that potential conflict. Right. And I'll, I'll, I'll point out that uh, most states make it a very high bar to get licensed as an affiliate that can get a rev share. You almost have to be licensed as an operator in order to get licensed as a rev share. But the major ones, the big boys of the affiliate marketing, have all passed that bar in whatever states they can because they know that right now in the the early years of legalized betting in this country it's all about customer acquisition so there's new customers coming in but eventually we're going to reach saturation point where there's not as many customers to be found that are new and therefore you want the sustainable revenue of the rev share so they all want to transition from cpa customer uh, cost per uh, acquisition that they get like a $300 for each customer they refer. They all want to move from that to rev share in the future. So I would welcome other states to take the approach to, to stop the ability to do rev share. Hey, look, if we worked for an affiliate company, if we worked for Katina Media or, or Better Collective, uh, they would they would nix this podcast right now because this isn't something that should be out there. We don't. We work for Unabated and we have no affiliate deals. And uh, so we can we can speak our mind with things like this. Exactly. It is great to have that uh, kind of journalistic freedom, even though we are far from journalists in this space right now. But <laughs> uh, again, I, it still it still does go into the content creators and what responsibility we have as an entire medium here to guide people. Because you're right, even even places that are giving out picks and have affiliate codes that aren't necessarily doing rev share, but are still doing CPA deals. It, even, even places like that, we still all have a general responsibility to the public to be giving out at the very least our information in good faith and to be at the very least on the up and up and wanting people to be betting the right things in the right direction. And I think that that is an interesting dynamic that sports betting has that nothing else really does. Because if I turn on ESPN and I'm watching a, a football game, obviously ESPN's goal is to keep me watching the game for all of the advertising and revenue like that. But it doesn't cost me anything more than my time to watch the game. When we're talking about sports betting, this is people's livelihoods, people's money that they're looking to invest in us. And honestly, we almost have to treat it less like, entertainment and more like a financial institution where I, right. I if you come to unabated for advice on how to gamble how is that any different than going to charles schwab to get advice on how to invest your money instead as opposed to watching espn for their highlights of a game right charles schwab has a fiduciary responsibility that they have to uh, uh, hold to look i've told in 
internal at Unabated for years, our first rule is do no harm. It's almost like our Hippocratic Oath. We don't want to harm the consumer because there's a lot of tools we have at Unabated that if used the wrong way, they give you a lot of rope to hang yourself with. Um, and we don't want to do harm. In fact, look, I do premium live streams for our premium subscribers. And the one I did just the other day, just yesterday, was about chasing wins because everyone talks about chasing losses, but sometimes people chase wins. They chase that winning feeling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and somebody commented during the, the video, like, this is what I love about Unabated is you guys actually talk about the things that could cause me to want to gamble less, even though that's not going to help you in the long run if I'm not gambling. But it's true. I don't want to harm people. Uh, I want to show them the reality of what all this is about. So, yeah, content creators, we definitely have a responsibility. And, you know, some of them just don't, they don't know what they don't know when it comes to responsible gaming. Uh, they just, you know, they, they haven't experienced it. I've experienced it close to my, myself. I've had family members that have had issues with it. And, um, you know, trust me, I, I've seen the pain it, it, it hurt, it, it takes on them. And, uh, so that's why I take a little bit of a personal approach to it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had the same thing. I have close friends who I know that deal with these kind of problems and it can be really hard and we don't, again, we don't want to be preachy on this episode. This isn't right. supposed to be about that. This is supposed to be talking about some of these very real topics and issues that are prevalent in our industry today. And part of that is being able to hopefully help people and realize that you don't have to live like this. You don't, if you have a problem, there are ways that you can go get help. And some of that does start with identifying the problem that you do have. What, what are some of the risk factors and things that you look for? Do you ever do self-checks on yourself? Because I know I do it all the time where I'm looking around at myself. And I'm like, okay, am I okay? Am I betting responsibly? Or is this the beginnings of a problem? Because I, I want to be acutely aware of that. I've had family in my life struggle with other addictions and it makes me more hyper aware of it. Are there any things that you do? You know, first I'd say, Tom, if you were to if you were to Google trying to find what are the signs of problem gambling, uh, you're you're going to come across. I think it's ten questions, and if you answer the ten questions and you answer yes to two of them, they say, oh, you you probably have a problem gambling. Well, the trouble is, if you're an advantage player, you're going to answer yes to like eight of them mm -hmm. because it's 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 almost about like if you gamble. I think some of the questions are like, have you ever gone to a casino? with the intent to gamble all the money that's in your pocket. Well, yeah, if you have an edge, yes, you want to gamble all the money that's in your pocket or in your account, you know, things like that. Have you ever stayed more than six hours in a, in a casino? Well, yes, I have. I've stayed the entire dealer shift, things like that. But in terms of like your own self-check, um, you know, it's, we're getting into the time of year when there's going to be less sports. We're getting down to the baseball season where there's just like baseball. And if you can't walk away from the betting slate in a day, you may have a problem because you know, there's going to be times when you look at the baseball slate and you're going to say, I don't see anything there. I don't, it, that's fine. Take the day off or, you know, go do something else or check back later or something like that. You don't have to make a bet every day, but if you feel like you constantly always have to be finding something of an edge or you have to try to like, as I mentioned in my premium live stream, you have, you're always moving those goalposts and you just had a great college basketball season and you're like, well, I got to keep this high going. I got to find the edge to crush in baseball. Um, 
you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you just have to wait till next college basketball season or wait till college football season or something like that. Maybe there is no edge between now and then for you. Uh, so yeah, you this, the self-check is all about like knowing yourself. And I'll add this, Tom, talk to somebody, okay? Mm -hmm. If you find you have an issue, even if it's not somebody who understands the issue, not even somebody that like understands what you do as your side hustle, just talk to them about like, hey, you know, here's what I've been doing lately. And I, I you know, I might be wasting my time with this, right? Just saying it out loud is going to be enough for you to say, possibly that, oh, I've been silly about all this. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have been wasting my time. Just saying it out loud will help. Um, and then of course, you know, like we can get into like, what are the steps if you do think you have a problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, it's now across the whole country, whether, whatever, wherever you are, if you dial 1-800-GAMBLER, you will get directed to your state's gambling help line. And I'm not, I don't know if those lines are good or bad. I've never, never called one, but at least there's somebody there that wants to help you in some way. So that's, that's a great first step is 1-800-GAMBLER talking to somebody, um, you know, and, and just finding like minds somewhere. Like that's the whole thing about the internet. And that's why people are listening to this podcast now is because they wanted to hear more about sports betting and they're not sure where to get it. They go, oh, that podcast, that's unabated. They know what they're talking about. You're listening to me right now. There's other people like you and you can find them, you know, either in discords or you can find them on Twitter or social media anywhere, you know, connect with people and maybe kind of commiserate a little bit. Um, that's not going to hurt you uh, to find that other people kind of deal with some of those same impulses that maybe you deal with. That's very true. And it, it goes beyond that to mental health as a whole. It's something that's so important for you and being able to talk to people about that. I had I had an incident this past month during March Madness that came up in my life that was really severely detrimental to my mental health and my state. And I had a friend who checked up on me and he said, hey, how are you doing? How have you been doing with everything? And one of the questions he asked was, have you been gambling more? Have you been doing a lot more betting because of everything that's going on as a way to escape? And I was able to say, no, I actually did less because I wasn't able to focus. So I wasn't checking the unabated lines and going through March Madness like I wanted to and continue to hit things. But I just stopped because I was like, I, I treat gambling as this is my hustle. This is what I'm trying to do on the side in addition to my job talking about gambling to make money. But it's not the entertainment factor for me. This is work. And if I'm not putting in the work, I'm not going to get the effort out of it. Whereas for some people, that can absolutely be your trigger where even if it's not a gambling addiction, it is you use gambling as a coping mechanism to try and get away from the things in your life that are causing you problems. And yeah. that's just as bad. And one of the big things that I want to preach there is that there are so many different outlets for you to get help like 1-800-GAMBLER, like Gamblers Anonymous, if that's the route that you want to go down, but also just managing the rest of your mental health. Uh, things like BetterHelp, if you're able to do text or video therapy sessions. It's great. It's super easy. And also just look up your health insurance, see where they cover you for uh, therapy or psychiatry, whatever you need. Very easy way for you to find a quick database of therapists that you can go into. And I know from personal experience, the biggest hurdle, once you say you need help, the biggest hurdle is a lot of people will go, oh, yeah, but I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't want to 
make the effort to go and find this because it feels like it's going to be hard. It's not that hard. You can find someone who has an open appointment and get it booked and you can get going and start on what's going to hopefully help you. You right. just have to take that one step and get that ball rolling. And I know it's the hardest step to take, but it's the best one to take. Absolutely, Tom. I, I can't think of a better way to wrap this up. That was that was well put. Absolutely. Jack, it has been a pleasure being with you here today. I really hope that this episode has not come across as preachy. I know that it is it isn't going to be our most popular. It isn't going to be our most groundbreaking, but it's one that's super important. And I'm glad that we get to wrap up the month talking about it. I hope that if there is someone out there who listened to this and had a problem, if even if it was even just one person, I hope that we got somebody help and got them out of a dark place. And for the rest of you who don't have a problem and want to keep on trucking, we thank you for being with us here at Unabated. We thank you for listening to the show. You can, of course, check us out and everything that we do at unabated.com and at Unabated Sports on Twitter. But for now, that is going to do it for us here. Remember, 1-800-GAMBLER is the number. I will try and throw as many sources as I can for help in the description of this video so that you can find help if you need it. And just remember, you are not alone. And this isn't a reflection on you as a person. This isn't a reflection on uh, your shortcomings. This is a problem that you have to deal with. And it is okay and that there is help out there. That's going to do it for us. It has been a pleasure and we'll see you next time.